Welcome to the Taste of Prague podcast, a podcast by the Taste of Prague food tours about two things we love the most, travel and food, in the two places we love the most, Prague and just about anywhere else. Thank you for tuning in. All right, guys, uh, this is Jan from Taste of Prague. Uh, thank you for tuning in uh, to today's uh, episode, and it's a good one. Uh, we're interviewing uh, Vojta, the chef and owner of uh, Crew Kitchen in uh the Vienna district here in Prague. Now, if you haven't been to Crew Kitchen, you definitely should go. It is one of our favorite places in Prague now, full stop. Not only, you know, fast food place, but just in your general, is one of our favorite places in Prague, full stop. Um, he's a great guy. Um, he uh, wrote a thesis paper in university about feeding people. So he's devoted to the cause for, for a very, very long time, or he has been. Um, he worked in great restaurants in Prague, including Sancho for a year, for instance, uh, an iconic restaurant here in Prague. Then he moved to Norway, uh, where he uh, worked in the kitchen of Fauna, which uh, was a Michelin-star restaurant in Oslo. Then he starred in two places in Gothenburg. And then he moved back to actually had the uh, cuisine of Hergetorvat Zihelna, which is a conservative, um, you know, very fancy place with a view of the Charles Bridge. And then he took on the opportunity to open his own place. And it's a fast food place, but it's not just a fast food place. That would be downplaying what they really do because some of the techniques that they use are really fine dining techniques uh, that scale well and make their work efficient and better. And uh, he, what I like about Vojta that he, is, he thinks about how good the food is not in terms of the taste, but in terms of the nutrition. That it just not isn't for him. It isn't just about feeding people. It's about feeding people and making them uh, healthier. So uh, we talk about sourcing ingredients. We talk about uh, what are the pitfalls, what are the problems and difficulties that you face when you open a restaurant of your own. Um, a big chunk of the interview is actually devoted to uh, delivery services because that is a big thing today. It's becoming big thing you know food as a service and if you can actually now start a restaurant without a front end just you know share a kitchen and just you know sell the food to delivery services if that is something that for instance aspiring chefs could do to build to build you know a reputation and name for themselves and then maybe later open a restaurant um we also talk about um the teamwork how he manages the team and uh many many other things um this was a fun interview. We actually, when I stopped uh, the record button, we stayed in Crew Kitchen for, I mean, I think 90 more minutes just talking about stuff. Um, I could stay there for longer. Anyway, here's the interview. This is Wojta Václavík uh, from Crew Kitchen. I hope you like this as much as I did uh, recording this podcast. So this is it. Enjoy. guys welcome uh this is jan from taste of prague welcome to this episode of the taste of prague podcast and today i'm sitting here with vojta uh, Václavík, who's the chef owner of crew kitchen yeah i'm saying this right. correctly and i want to start with a quote here uh really so can i tell you a quote and I'm yep. just, i want you to guess who wrote that okay <laughs> so i actually wrote this down so i'm just gonna read it 
Uh, it would be ideal to stick to the traditions of Czech cuisine and subject them to modern nutritional and culinary techniques. Yeah. Reducing the portions of traditional dishes, increasing the variety of the foods we eat, and making sure we move enough would be often enough to lead a healthier and, as a result, a happier life. Great. That would be awesome. Do you know who wrote it? No. You. I did it? You wrote it, yeah. <laughs> because I read your thesis paper. Oh, Eating really? habits in the Czech Republic, right? You did it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Yeah, that is a very long time ago. But I actually think it's actually pretty cool. It's actually a good quote. And uh, I, my question was, uh, it's a, you know, a pivot for me. Is this what Crew Kitchen is? Well, I hope so. Yeah? I hope, I hope like this will be Taking traditional Czech cuisine and like putting you know, some modern techniques and modern dish, like, you know, modern like nutritional kind of a knowledge that we have on it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we, we mix a lot of like, uh, like cooking from other countries as well into it. What countries? Well, I like Asian cooking as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Because you worked, I mean, I didn't realize this. You did work in Sancho. Yes, I did. For yes. how long? Well, it was, uh, I was still in university when I was start there. Mm -hmm. And then I decided, like, okay, it's time to move into the kitchen for, for real. And uh, I work a year there. A year? Yeah. Okay, was it a great experience, good experience? Yeah, it was, it was the best because by that time, you know, Sancho was totally different than other restaurants. Uh -huh. like, oh, yeah. Like farm to table and uh, nose to tail, stuff like this that, like, I think no one else did at that time right yeah. they were actually really pioneers in that like i yeah. mean many people today i think um like to put credit on other businesses for that but i actually think that you know paul day was really the pioneer single-handedly in mm. many many respects and Přeštík Prase, that's i think part partly just his work yeah i mean like uh, to, to to explain this to the people who listen to this Přeštík Prase, like Přeštíce pig is a, like a heritage heirloom breed yes. of pig that uh, Paul Day really um, brought back on the market, yep. you know, single-handedly, really. Um, so, um, I wanted to ask, you opened Crew Kitchen quite recently, right? Yeah, it's uh, half year now. Half year now. Yeah, we are, we are, in, the, we are in the time now. And uh, it was a project of me and my friend mm -hmm. from uh, childhood with, like... He's like investor in this project okay. and we've been looking for a place to open a restaurant and uh, we found this place, uh -huh. which is too small for a restaurant. So we were thinking what we could do with it okay. because uh, we both like uh, JZP, Irios Podjebrat. The hood okay. is the hood, you know, where, yeah. where, where we used to take our friends from abroad and mm -hmm. uh, show them the markets and it always oh, yeah. has a great atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And since the beginning, we were thinking like, yeah, this, this is the spot. It's not big enough for a restaurant. So what, what we could do with it, what we could do. Because yeah. it's, it, it was just like really some some kind of like genium lot sitting here. So uh, so you found the first place, first you found the place and then you figure out what to do with it? Yes. Okay. So the, the, the place really defined the concept? Yes. A little now, bit, yes. And what is the concept? The concept was uh, at the beginning, uh, because in uh, Norway, uh -huh. I used to live in Oslo, and there's uh, one, uh, there's one uh, like beer place, they, it's, it's like a brewery, uh -huh. and uh, they had uh, roasted pork knees on the rotisserie, uh -huh. like upstairs in the, in the brewery. I was, I, I was looking at it and I was like, wow, this, this looks awesome. 
it's like I'm from Czech Republic. We love pork knees. Mm-hmm. No one do this. Okay. How how this can yeah. be? You know how this can be. And I, I it, it, this idea was in my head. I was just like thinking how 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 we could do it better because there they just like uh, they probably marinated somehow, but it was just just pork knee roasted in the in the rotisserie, and then they chop it up into uh, kebab. Okay. All right. Okay. And it wasn't really tasty. I was like, oh, it's so fucking waste. It wasn't tasty. It wasn't so tasty okay. like I thought it could be, you know. Okay. Because it was just like a pub food and everybody liked it or disliked it. And the beer was the thing where, why people go mm-hmm. there always, yeah, you know. Sure. So uh, we were thinking about that, like, okay, let's let's do it. Let's let's do the pork knees. It's, I, th- I was speaking with Paul as well mm-hmm. about the pork knees. Oh, but really? The amount of the pork knees which we need, you know, it's... It's huge, and uh, you don't have that much trestik so, in the so country. W- so, what do you use? What what pork do you use? We start with the with the with the Austrian meat. Actually, uh-huh. it's uh, it's uh, from farm or like farmer. It's not like huge producer, but uh-huh. uh, there's one guy who's support, who's shipping the meat from like Austro-Hungarian used to be empire oh, yeah, sure, yeah. to Czech Republic, and uh, because it was Durok. Uh, meat, okay, really nice, and uh, we made our own recipe for like brine, okay, and for smoking. We tried it ourselves in a, like cottage house. Oh yeah, and sure. Everything, On the countryside, yeah. yeah, everything worked perfect, and uh, we started to do that. And then the amount of the knees was even like bigger. So oh. now we we use uh, as well half of it from uh, uh, from maso uzenine pisek. And they they do actually. We didn't uh, we didn't tell them like how we gonna how we want it. Uh-huh. And the, the stuff which they brought, it's also was really close to like our recipe. So we didn't change it, and we using it both now. Okay. So how difficult is it to source ingredients here today? Like because I mean we are sitting in Crew Kitchen, which is just right across the street from. Uh, the farmer's market. Yeah. So I'm guessing, like, I mean, I go to the farmer's market. You can buy lots of vegetables there, obviously. Yeah. But how about protein? Well, we buy uh, we buy this uh, Valaška skomina from mm-hmm. from uh, from the market. It's from Mr. Schneider, and uh, it's uh, it's the like part in between of the ribs, which is like marinated, dry rub, and then smoked. Uh huh. Uh, and that's that's what that's the stuff which we use for Caesar salad and our okay. everything like like bacon things. It's from that, so that, that that's the one thing which we buy from there. And uh, as well, I think the, it's just the wedge actually from 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 the markets. Okay, but this is like main thing here. Yeah. yeah, So you buy, so you do source the vegetables from the market. Just yeah, from the from Tuesday to Saturday uh-huh. when the markets are on, we buy just mostly from them. And, and what happens on the other days? We we buy from uh, Gold Group from okay. uh, from delivery. Okay. But that's like mainly like potatoes and uh, when when we need the this this like things like onions and stuff like this. Yeah. But the when we when we buy I don't know the the seasonal stuff, it it really works perfect with the farmers and they are very helpful to to source us with. I don't know, pointed cabbage and stuff yeah, like this. Yeah. Everything is super fresh and crispy from them because, like, all the people on the market buy it by their eyes. You know, okay, sure. they want to see it super fresh, nice colors mm-hmm. and everything. And that's the that's the thing which we have here. It's it's just amazing, you know. Cool. And so so you order it one day and this, it it was on the field actually the day yeah. before. Oh, yeah. 
So no one can bring you such a fresh wedge like we have we have here. Cool. It's JZP rules then. JZP. JZP. Absolutely, all the way. I love this expression from, from my Aussie friends, which used to fr- live in, uh, in uh, Czech. Yeah, and they, they always JCB. say JCP because it was too complicated. To oh say yeah, to say Jiospogeber. is a subway station, and it's also the uh, name of the square uh, that accommodates the um, the farmers market. Now, how far from reality? I mean, like how? Like, I mean, when you opened this, the reality now, how far is it from what you had imagined this place would be? Uh, we, yeah, I forgot to say about the chickens as well. Oh, then, yeah, the then chickens, we, yeah. we decide we decide like you know we're gonna have a rosary. Yeah, sure. It would be stupid to not have uh, chickens on it uh-huh. because like chickens and uh, when I used to grow up in nineties uh, partly, okay. and that was a big thing back in the days. I used yeah. to uh, save my pocket money to buy a quarter of a chicken because it was so it was super delicious. salty yeah. and, and, and good and grilled, you know. You so, take two pieces of bread, just kind of like yeah, yeah, mustard, mustard and cucumber. Cucumber, exactly, yeah. pickle and uh, yeah, a quarter of a chicken. So that because I had the market just in front of my house uh-huh. and they did it there. It was like mostly Vietnamese shops and some vegetables and some chickens and stuff like that. So that's my childhood memory. I was like, yes. I want to do this for sure, but like let's do it a little bit different. Uh-huh. So we. So we, what's different about it? We do uh, the wrap, the dry wrap. Uh-huh. We use uh, like fermented onion and fermented uh, chilies, mm-hmm. which we dry, and then like blitz it into the base of the spice mix, which we do. And there's also herbs and salt, and we we dry wrap the chickens in this sort of like umami marinade first, okay. and then we roast it. Because this is what always kind of what I loved about Crew Kitchen is that um, that it's you know essentially fast food, but it's actually there's a lot of technique behind it. It's yes. just like not unlike virtually all the other fast food joints here in Prague, I think. And it's like more of a like the, the fast foods that we know from let's say New York City, like in Mama Fuku, where like it's stupid simple, mm. but then you realize it isn't. It does a lot of work behind it. Yeah, this uh, it's, it's a, sometimes you know people come and it's like. Are you happy with your food? And it's like, yeah, I was expecting something more. Yeah, you had what? a quarter of a chicken <laughs> yeah, yeah. with potatoes and cucumber salad. What did you expect more? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a cu- yeah. it's a quarter of a yeah. chicken. It's like, yeah, but I thought it's something special. Well, it is a little bit special. You have the vegetables from market. Yeah. You have the chicken, which was like dry up in this and that. And then you explain them all and they were like, yeah. That's what I ate, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, it's guess. quite good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So you basically passively, aggressively forced them to admit that they liked it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But good, most of good the strategy. customers <laughs> leaving very happy from yeah. here. So no, I'm, I've always left very happy here, actually. Um, so b- back to the question, if I may yes. ask. like how, What you imagined and what it is today, is it different or is it pretty much the same? Uh, well, we didn't expect that we got, we we knew that we need to make like at least like half of the uh, half half of it uh, takeaway, mm-hmm. you know. So we prepared for that, but we didn't expect that the delivery uh, companies like uh, Volt and Uber Eats and uh, Damilo, that they are such a like growing business and they they're willing to do more and more and more and people want it actually. More and more. So more. we start with Volt and uh, it's just like. It's growing so fast that we can't we can't handle it. Wow. We we need to have it like close most of the service on lunch and most of the service in the evening because we want to make our customers here happiest Happy, as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So we, we focus on this and uh, we are planning a new kitchen just to delivery and just for a prep because this place, as you can see, it's very it's small. Tiny, yeah. yeah, yeah. So because we're recording this obviously during prep, so if I mean, you may hear like some handling noises uh, and there's some uh, repairs people, something when, you know, something's repaired behind us. But anyway, so this is interesting. So basically uh, what really, you know, is a big part of your business is takeaway. Yes. Is it a bigger part of the business right no, now? No, like no, no. And we're not, we're trying to not to be because we yeah. really like to work with the people here, mm. and we really found ourselves in like uh, giving them nice wine, good oh, yeah. beer. We're making our own like cocktails, and that's that's what we really like, like to actually see the people and talk with them. So. We, we actually say usually that like if you want to pitch you, I mean, if, because you're in our Prague foodie map in the online version because you're not in the printed version because you open like literally a week after we send it to print so we can like stop it. But um, we, can, I think the online version we write is the, probably the only fa fast food place with a sommelier in Prague. Yeah. Yeah. Like with a beverage program, yes. which is actually quite unique because I mean, usually in a fast food place in Prague, it's just beers yeah. you know, and like, you know, like in-house made lemonade or something like this but you know but that's cool. that's the part of the part of the idea was that we not we're gonna work with the people who actually really like want to work here you know and which has the 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 idea in their heads as well and uh, so we, we hired or it's mostly it's all the friends you know yeah. and we hired people who uh, like have some experiences And uh, the idea was that we gonna have, uh, we gonna pay them more, but we gonna have less problems later. You know? Oh yeah, sure. So, so they will not leave, and they'll have yes. like a more stable kind of a working environment. Yes, anyway. and we want to have good environment for everyone because, like uh, here, we we not yell on each other. You know, we are yet. <laughs> yeah. And it's like we working already six months together so, and, oh, yeah. and it works, you know. So I, I'm very, really happy for this, that we made this decision and we are we are actually moving forward because of this, because the guys can bring some ideas. And not all the dishes are designed by me or, mm. or uh, <laughs> the guy who started with us, you know. It's, okay. it's, 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 it's about everybody. It's a team effort. Yes. Cool. Um, but I mean, I want to talk more about the uh, the, the takeaway part yeah. of it. Now, um, do you think that if you're opening a restaurant today, do you really need a front end? Uh, well, it, def it depends on your on your like business model. But mm -hmm. uh, no, you don't. Need you to. don't need, really no. need to. So you just need a kitchen. Yeah, basically, I, that's what I know from the uh, from the delivery companies that they are building actually the kitchens which you can hire for your project and they nice. will they will like do uh, everything important and you will just design a little bit of the kitchen and then it's your kitchen, it's your kitchen. And you're renting from them and you just deliver 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 and wow. i know some places where they already do this like part of their business is just deliver and they need, it's not even the restaurant which is I don't know some of the restaurants like Asian restaurant, but yeah. in the delivery they cook Czech food, for example. Yeah. Oh wow. Because I mean, I know that the um, I just can't remember the name now, but I know that the guy who was the CEO of Uber mm -hmm. now actually is opening kitchens like mm. to rent 
for um, you know the businesses who want to like serve food as a, as a service. You know, like that you don't have a restaurant front end, but it just kind of you know just work with like Uber Eats or whatever with these companies. So this is, do you think this is something that like if you're there, like if you're an aspiring cook but may not have the money to open a restaurant, do you think that's a way? That's a viable. No, that's actually that's actually a good idea. I think it's it's good start for someone, and mm-hmm. I hope it's good start for us as well because we decided we we want to uh, get a li- little bit more into this delivery thing mm-hmm. because it's we have such a good uh, uh, like people are giving us really nice backup for the food which we send away, yeah. and uh, it makes them happy, you know, to, if they are not available to come here. Mm-hmm. Of and, course, and. Uh, most of the food which is normally delivered is not very nice Great, yeah. Yeah. yeah so we can provide the food which is nice to deliver mm. and we just do it now with the one company with vault and yeah. uh, there's so much more opportunity and the market is growing so fast like the numbers which which uh, the providers giving us like how it works in germany for example mm-hmm. now it's the closed market it's uh, it's uh, like this that's where we want to go you know yeah so it will grow and we want to be part of this and maybe that will give us the the uh, power and the money to do something else because all the guys here and uh, I, I me as well we would like to do something else after after that what does that mean something else maybe mm-hmm. restaurant restaurant oh yeah. like a bigger like a real restaurant like yeah. with service you know food like a table service and stuff yes cool um do you do you think you can, uh, like, going forward, you can see yourself, like, maybe designing dishes specifically for delivery? I mean, uh, do a dish that uh, is served, you know, because I mean, let's be honest here, like, you know, there's some dishes that work well with delivery, and there's some dishes that don't, like, pizza napoletana <laughs> is a classic example. By the time it gets to you, it's awful. Like, yeah. It's delicious when you eat it on the spot. Yeah. But it's a soup by the time it gets to you, like, 20 minutes later. So do you think there's a difference between, like, uh, that you can design a dish differently for a restaurant service and for food delivery yes definitely you need to if you want to if you want to do it like nice then then uh, in the like new prep kitchen we are thinking this way a little mm-hmm. bit as well so okay. here for example we don't have like big fryer you know to yeah. have like fried chickens and stuff like this but for the future we know that that's what people actually order a lot on uh, <laughs> on the delivery <laughs> you know yeah. so that's that's definitely the way to think of. How about opening hours? Well, that's uh, like that's for the food service. Like for instance, can you see yourself like you know order, getting orders at midnight? No, 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 no because we are trying to uh, be uh, be like happy in work, and you're not happy if you have to serve the food at uh, the midnight. So you're leaving the stoner's market to someone else then? Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, I think I think there's always an opportunity to to change it, you know. But mm-hmm. for for a start, we're not thinking about that. Okay, cool, cool. Um, now you have worked in you know up north, in like Oslo, I think. Yeah. At Fauna, which is like a fine dining restaurant. Used to be. It's closed. it's closed now, mm-hmm. right? And then in uh, Gothenburg, I'm guessing. Uh, yes, I, I was there on stage. On stage, yeah, mm-hmm. like internships or something like that. Um, so, and then you came back and you kind of headed the cuisine of Hergetova uh, Cihalna, mm-hmm. is that correct? Now, all these are kind of fancy places. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you want to open a fancy place? 
Or did you want to open well, a fancy place? No, I never actually had uh, had the idea to open a fancy place. I always tried to work in the good places because I was wondering uh, how they do, what's the techniques, how they do it, why is it so good, why is everybody like it so much, and I I was like willing to learn from the best chefs that's mm-hmm. why I went there okay that's what I was so it's not about the fine dining it was mostly about like the technique the kitchen work basically well when I explore the fine dining I really like it actually because the people who go there like the customers they are just fascinated about the food yeah and they really want to hear the techniques and that's where I saw like chefs are coming to the tables you know and explaining the dishes mm-hmm. and you can you, you can say so much about the food if you are really making it you know so that's mm-hmm. that that was really that, that catched me a lot and and I love fine dining it's nice yeah. it's super nice yeah. it's very interesting because I mean this is I think that what you do is very similar to some of the things that we admire and it's like for instance like there's many fast food places in the US where like people think oh it's simple but these guys were the people who opened those places worked in like three Michelin star restaurants so there's Mm. a lot of hidden technique behind what they do and I think that's what I like about this here because it reminds me of that too Mm. like you can take something that you learn in like a fancy kitchen and just kind of scale it to something more fast foodish yes it's 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 like the cooking is all about techniques yeah. and some of them are just not so complicated or you can plan it and use it in a fast food it's yeah. simple as this because i know i mean there's now a new place a few places in prague that like try to kind of are that inspired by like excellent you know excellent in la and it's like it's just like the fast food place they do egg sandwiches but they use sous vide all the time mm. it's just so simple they just kind of they have this kind of, the excellent is like a mashed potato with like eggs in it. And it's just, they put it in a bottle, they put a lot of them in an Ikea, you know, box, mm. just fill it with water and they put like the immersive, you know, thing in it. It's just done. And it's so simple and it's so clever. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's fast food, yep. but it's freaking sous vide, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For example, we use sous as well. Uh, Daniel, one of our chefs, mm-hmm. when we when we were thinking like, oh, well, let's do the asparagus when, when the season was like, Okay, but uh, I, I used to do this uh, Hollandaise sauce in a sous vide. Uh-huh. It's easy and it's uh, interesting. Okay, let's try, let's try. And just like you can add the whole butter into it. So it's yeah. like <laughs> more, more fluffy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Less, uh, less, uh, less oily, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just what worked perfect. And oh. it's much easier to, than like whisk the Hollandaise all the time, yeah. you know. So actually the techniques... Which, with, which which uh, seems to be complicated can help you a lot in like even in the fast food. Cool. Um, so but so you don't so why so you never so you didn't want to open a fancy place because you simply um, I, w- I wanted to I wanted to uh, that that was the problem in Norway in uh, Sweden in Denmark in Hergedovatsehelna all my friends and everybody you know not everybody has the money to go there you know mm-hmm. yeah. because everything is expensive there yeah. so i was always thinking okay let's do it for more open for more people mm-hmm. you know we don't need to use like everything biodynamical but you know from the farmer markets it's also not biodynamical everything yeah know? sure yeah but it's just super nice veg and it's normal veg you know it, yeah. It's 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 okay it to, to have use a stamp, like organic yeah. stamp all the time. But yeah, our chickens doesn't have organic stamp as well. But it's yeah. nice chicken which I buy for my kids before I open this. That's why that's from I know the farm actually, Farma mm-hmm. Druhas, and it, everything makes sense and it's for okay money to sure. to open for everyone. So this place is supposed to be for more 
more people than just like the one which has more money. Do you think fine dining has a future? Yes, definitely. definitely. Yeah, it's like it's changing. You know, it's not like the old school version of fine dining. That's mm. boring. Yeah. You know, like gloves and everything. But yeah. have it more casual and like have to have like really, uh, really well uh, designed uh, spaces and designed dishes. I think that will work always. Like more approachable to yeah. people. Like make it less stuffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one wants to sit, or like probably some people want, but like not 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 that many people now wants to sit in, uh, in a, like for four it, hours and yeah, just yeah, being yeah. like preached about how you put an afghan on. That's what I like in the fauna. That it was actually quite casual for mm-hmm. being a Michelin star restaurant. And then I when I was in, for example, Coca, yeah, in Göteborg, same like really nice, really nice approach and and. And the dishes are same amazing like in uh, I don't know two star somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. without the stuffiness. Hmm. Um, what do you think is the future of Czech cuisine? Because you wrote a you know a <laughs> thesis paper on it, yeah. and uh, I just like want to if this is something that you know you think is viable. Like, do you do Czech cuisine partly? Not really inspired by other things. Yeah. Like, what do you think where we're headed? In terms of well, like, uh, I was, we I was, I think that my work, I was more skeptical, mm-hmm. and now I like since I went to. That's the, been a few years ago, though. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like six years ago we went mm-hmm. to Norway, and uh, I think it's moving forward, and it's nice to see the change. You know, in, not just in the restaurant, also in people's head, they cook more, they buy more products from from the markets, and they. I think it's really moving forward, but. Very slow, slowly. yeah, very slow to to uh, like other countries, you know, mm. and uh, especially the restaurant, the the people who uh, who like working in the restaurants, and the people who owning the restaurants, mm. they are super slow in this. They should be more on point. They should see that like uh, people are wanting better food, you know, and it's everything goes together with like you have good stuff. You can yeah. you can make more uh, you can make nicer food. You uh, invest a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. You know it's not like in back in the days in '90s. You know that's yeah. what I saw in the restaurants. You're like the owners. They want just make money, make money, make money, make money. So they make a little bit less, but they produce a little bit nicer food and more happier stuff. Everything yeah. would be but better. Is that about like uh, how? Um, what do you think about the prices of food here? Like, of I mean, what? Food of restaurants, you know the prices. Like, isn't that like one of the main yeah. things that keeps us pushing back? Yes, is it basically is. that people don't want to pay for it. Yeah, I think uh, of course, like you say, it's just too cheap, you know, to produce nice mm. food if they are used to spend uh, hundreds crowns for uh, starter, main, and dessert. Mm. Then we're not moving anywhere. But I think. This is changing as well. That uh, that even in the like more normal restaurant, and it's also went with the EET a little bit up yeah. the, the money. Yeah. So it's slowly, slowly, slowly moving forward. But I think it's mostly about the owners that they should push it more. Why would they though? If they like, you know, honestly, I'm like, why? Why? If they like, if they like, make less money for for the good of well. Oh yeah, for like for the general good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good luck with that. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm just gonna want to explain something to people who are not familiar. The EET. That's basically an electronic kind of um, mm. uh, tills that are kind of connected to the um, 
uh, to let's say the finance ministry. So so it's kind of a centralized kind of a electronic bills uh, system that everybody had to invest in. And now, as if you're a restaurant, you have to have it. Um, cool. So um, what? Um, so you think? Uh, do you accept food vouchers? Uh, yes, but just the electronic one. Just the electronic one. Yeah. Okay. Food vouchers again for those who are not from here. This is basically you get that from the employer, and it's a subsidized meal basically. Um, and I think that's what's been keeping us back actually. Yes. Yeah, because I think because I think people stop cooking at home. Mm-hmm. Who wants to? You know, it's it's two freaking euros, and you get a you know you get a four euro voucher, mm. and that pays for a soup and a main. Mm. Why you, you would never so, cook at so, home for two euros? And also, I think it stopped people appreciating how much effort there is. It's it's not the real value of food. It's mm. like the cheapest thing. And I, I used to say in our food tours, I used to say, "Oh, it's this amazing thing where everybody eats out every day." You know, that normally doesn't happen. You know, you go to London and they eat sandwiches at Marks and Spencer or something. Mm. But the Czechs go to a restaurant. There's a service. You know, they sit down behind a table. Somebody brings the food. It's amazing. Mm. But actually, I completely changed my mind about this. It's, I think mm. it's horrible. Mm. I think it just people stop cooking, so they're disconnected from the food, mm. and. Um, it doesn't allow the restaurant owners to actually charge what should be charged for food. That's true. And it's crazy that like you have to fit the, the, the value of the money into one paper. You yeah, know? exactly. But this, this card system, mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't think about it as uh, like it should be like value of one voucher anymore because they're paying like a credit card with it. So also it's like an electronic voucher. Yes. Yeah. And it's not like a single paper by single paper. It's basically you have some money on it and you can spend it for I food. Think, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think, think they have just some budget there oh, and okay. uh, they, they're using it as a credit card. So they, you can pay, I don't know, 500 if you want. Okay. I'm not oh, cool. sure if you can pay uh, alcohol. Right. But so it's a new generation. That's kind of, I haven't yeah, been employed for such a long time. All school time. generation, they, they don't... Uh, they can't use it here and it's also like you have to go somewhere to change the tickets for the money and just oh yeah this is impossible okay. for us okay yeah of course um so one last thing uh what's the what do you eat as staff staff meals here well at the beginning when we had more time we yeah. made really nice the foods for all the crew but we sit, we still sit all the time uh, because that's why we have the break as well okay from three to five we mm-hmm. are closed and we eat we need to clean and prep. Yeah, a lot of sure, people, lot of people like, are coming here and just like, why do you have break? Yeah. Are you crazy? Like, I want to eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, but you want to eat as well, you know? Yeah, sure. So do you really sit down and have yes. a meal together? Yes. Right. Do you Every all day. watch your phones? Or do you actually? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a disease. <laughs> yeah. We actually, we actually do, but it's it's day to day. You know, some days we have a little bit more time, so we prep something nicer, and uh-huh. or we trying new stuff. Sure. Nice. And uh, we actually talk by the meal as well. Yeah. Sometimes you know everybody just like want to have when the battery's down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. They want to relax, but there's not that much time to relax okay. here because we do really everything by ourselves. One last question: What's the one nasty thing you like to eat when no one's watching <laughs> well I like fried cheese you like fried cheese yes that's not nasty come on like yeah, there must like be something in a, in worse a, in a bun in the yeah on, at Wenceslas Square at yeah, night at 2 I love, I love it I put I put the I can put the cabbage into it and eat it oh really yeah. oh like the sauerkraut 
They yeah, they have it there or the onions or what is it? Some oh, something okay, sour. So like a mix. Okay, so you put a sour, moist mix on fried cheese yes. in a bun. No problem, no problem. I like fried things a lot. And you did you just sober? Um, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> no. Uh, I right. think I'm not sober yeah, most, okay, most okay. of the time, most of the time when yeah. I buy it. Right. But I think that it would be like nice project to do, like nice fried cheese nice because fried cheese. everybody I ask love it, yeah. and no one's do it like in a fast food. So that, maybe maybe oh, that's yeah. that's the way. It's like that is also one impossible like delivery meal, isn't it? Yes, like, yeah. that would be yeah. <laughs> that would be bad. Because that by the time it gets that, it would just be oh awful. That's actually I used to have a friend. I mean, I have a friend, and she said that that's the holy grail to find like really good, cheap fried cheese that is as good as locals. Mm -hmm. for that, less that's money. not cheap, but it's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, for less money, exactly. Well, anyway, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so yep. much for uh, you know entertaining me for half an hour. And I wish you all the best. And all the people who listen to this, if you haven't been to Crew Kitchen, you definitely should stop by because I think it's actually awesome. Uh, so thank you again, Rita. Thank pleasure. you very much. It was a pleasure for us as well. Thank you. Thank you. Alright guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Taste of Proud podcast and uh, please stay tuned for more. Uh, don't forget to rate us online and if you have any comments or any feedback, please go to our blog page to let us know. Uh, we'll be happy for any tips or any pointers that you may have. Thank you again for listening and until the next time, cheers, goodbye.